significance, right? Being able to give out of your abundance and share with people who are looking, seeking, desiring somebody to come in and make an impact in their life. My thought is that the only real success is significance. Coming down to the next level, which is prosperity, right? I believe that prosperity is available to everybody. You just have to be vibrating at the right frequency, having the appropriate level activity to get the results that you desire, and that'll show up. And But we have prosperity before significance because we want to create that abundance and then share it with others. Down to the next level, which is health. Health becomes before prosperity because if you don't have your health, you give up all your prosperity in order to get it. And so we believe that the sequence actually matters. So get healthy and it's just mental and physical health there. Jerome, you're the founder of Myers Methods, Myers Development Group, Dreamcatchers. You're also an author and you host multiple podcasts and much more. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Eric, so good to be with you. I'm not an MMA fighter, but dude, I love what you're doing over here. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, dude. <laughs> I like to go back with my shows. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Yeah, so I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, son of a soldier. He was uh, in the Marines and did a bunch of boxing, which is kind of like the connection point for me with, with your show. Yeah. And then got out and went into the Army after spending some time back in New York. He and my mom met in Alaska. And so I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm an Army brat who lived in one house their entire life, believe it or not. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> And I was reading on your website, like ever since you were a kid, you were kind of obsessed with this unlocking kind of the hidden potential. Like who was the biggest influence you influence on you as a kid? Yeah, it goes to the superhero parents that I had. I, I kind of see them as one person. But, you know, as a boy, I think my dad was kind of the holy grail for all of it. See, he he jumped out of airplanes for fun. He told me he was perfecting the art of parachuting. I was like, what in the world? Like, why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane? But, yeah. you know, anyway, that, that's the stuff that he did. And so I just wanted to be all that I could be. And he, he would always talk about excellence and perfection. And so when I would see people who were not actually doing their best, I would always like be confused because I was like I thought that's what you would do like why would you do anything less and then I realized as human beings like we're inherently lazy and we just want to do whatever it takes the least amount of work and it's this whole concept of uh, return on investment or re return on time yeah oh man thank you to your dad for his service too by the way that's that's awesome you know, as I, it looks like, so you end up going to college for business admin and engineering. You did very well in the corporate America world, $20 million in sales. Like what did, what made you decide to kind of shift over to the real estate and coaching side of things? Cause it's scary to leave that salaried role and go into a full-time entrepreneur type shape, uh, type ship. Yeah. So I think, well, so I put a dream on a shelf in college. I okay. was sitting on a stool with my buddy, Duran, and we were doing math and we realized the guy that owned the complex was making $700,000 a year. We never saw that guy and we never talked to him. We were like, how in the world does that happen? Yeah. And so we wanted to figure it out. But of course, I didn't have access back to you know my upbringing. We just didn't have that type of network coming and hanging out for dinner. And so I went and followed the path that you're told to do, get good grades, get into a good college, get a good job, work for 40 years, have 2.5 kids, and then eventually maybe you can retire and live 10 years free, right? right? Well, 
as I was going down the path and we built this really large division for that Fortune 5, I realized that I wasn't actually in control. So here's what happened. I was employee number two. We went up to about 175 employees over the course of about eight months. And then when we got to the end of the year, I get a phone call on Christmas Eve and it goes something like this. It's about 4.55, by the way. Hey, Jerome. So I know you and I have been going back and forth on this decision. The decision is made. We're going to lay people off and we're going to lay about half of them off. I'm like, what are you talking about? This isn't the right choice. These people have worked really hard. We need to figure something out for them. Yeah, the decision is made. I said that at the beginning of the conversation. And, you know, I'm done having this debate with you. You just have to decide if you're going to do it or you need somebody else to do it for you. And I kind of grinned as like, this can't be life. This has to be a joke. I have to be getting punked. Yeah. And then 459 came and said, well, it's Christmas Eve. I'm going to spend time with my family. I'll talk to you next year because I'm taking next week off. And so I spent that week not eating, not really sleeping and trying to figure out what I was going to do and who was going to stay and who was going to go. I promised myself that I would never do that again because I needed something to help me get through it. Mm. Fast forward to Thanksgiving or next year, the same thing's happening. I was like, this is not in alignment with my morals and values. We're making 30% profit margins. There's no reason why I should be laying people off. And oh, by the way, you know, I've got the illusion of actually having decision-making capacity. And yeah, I do get to make some on a day-to-day, but when it actually comes to the rubber meat in the road, which is staff, I don't actually get to make those choices. And so I need to do something where I have more control over my life. And so I decided to make the exit. And so that's kind of my pivot point there through that traumatic experience. Man. Wow, dude. Absolutely. Like that would make me want to leave too, man. And I think, and I still work a full-time job and my goal is to leave that at some point and, and start doing this full-time and speaking and things like that. And, um, but man, it was so scary to do that. And I'm proud of you for, for taking that step, man. And you're obviously killing it in the real estate side of things. And, you know, I was curious because I have, I bought one house back in 2006 when it was at the height of the market, horrible neighborhood, end up short selling that thing. But, you know, so like, what's the biggest mistake that you see people making today when it comes to real estate? Yeah. So I think every investor is trying to overcome four challenges, knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital. And it doesn't matter where you are in a space. doesn't matter how many deals you've done. You're always working through those four things. And they're also working through those four things in that order, knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital. And so if you're doing something and you don't actually know how to do it, then you're probably not going to have a ton of success. And somebody who does know what they're doing is going to come in and take advantage of that opportunity because they see it as an opportunity, because you're not equally matched in that. And people will say, oh, well, that's wrong. You're not being honest. And you have every opportunity to go get the education that person had or consult an advisor that can guide you through the process, but you just choose not to. And all is fair in business and probably combat sports as well, right? So my whole thought there is you, you got to get the knowledge. That's the biggest mistake. Yeah. There's a lot of blogs out there and some uh, talking heads, I will call them, who say, just go take action. You don't need to spend time on the education or all the education that you need is free. And what I will say is when you're buying real estate as a business, you actually need to learn how to run the real estate business. If you get in a business, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to lose money. Mm-hmm. Point of fact. Yep. And you, you just demonstrated that. And it's okay that that happened, but you know, would it have been better to pay that money to somebody else to help you avoid that mistake so that you could go do a higher level mistake? 
And that's my whole thing. How can we do the higher level mistakes? How can we get further along the path with less brain damage so that when we get to a place where something is actually challenging or tough, we can work through that versus just getting hit in the face and getting getting put out in the first round, mm-hmm. right? Like my goal is always, let's see if we can go the distance. Cause if you can last the distance, it's a high likelihood that you're going to win because you've got more endurance and stamina than the other person. Yeah, man. And I love that. Like, so you're in real estate, but I was watching one of your podcasts and you talked about uh, like in 2010 or something, you decided not to cut your hair anymore. Like and, uh, and you've been growing it out, right? Is that still the case? Absolutely. It's still there. I still haven't cut my hair. I've got a friend up from LinkedIn who says, Jerome, all right, turn to the side. I was just want to make sure you still haven't cut your hair. And yeah, I, I, I did make that decision. It was May of 2010. And, you know, I was at a corporation who had one African-American executive. And I think at that point we had something like 17,000 employees. Wow. And I would always say to him, like, man, you are the shining light. You make it possible for me to aspire to be an executive here. You make it possible because I see that you've done it. And he would say, well, Jerome, you know, I don't want to be the best black executive. I want to be the best executive here. And we were away on a trip. And I was like, man, one day I want to grow dreads. And he said, yeah, me too. It's probably going to happen after I retire. And I paused and I said, well, why do you have to wait until you retire to do that? He said, well, it's probably not appropriate for me with the title that I have to do that. And I was like, but why? Mm. And he kept going down the path and I I just let it go. And I was like, wait, I don't ever want to be in a place where I can't do something that I think I should be doing because somebody else is going to tell me it's inappropriate. Yeah. And so there was a, a pivot there and a turn. And I mean, so let's be clear, Eric, right? Like, I'm, if somebody wants to see African-American person, I'm probably the shining example, right? <laughs> Broad nose, full lips, chocolate skin, curly, curly, curly hair, right? It doesn't matter whether I have a short haircut or not, right? right. Like that's not going to go away. I'm not going to minimize that. And so if I'm cutting my hair to fit in, or if I'm doing this so that I'm less of whatever people may perceive me as, yeah, then I'm potentially doing a disservice to the folks. And I just, I always ask that I be judged based on my, the content of my character and the work product that I produce and nothing else. And I think if I get the opportunity to do that, and I have done it in a lot of different places, you know, whether somebody's Ivy league and has a ton of pedigree or is, you know, state school or college dropout or high school dropout, whatever it is, you know, I, I think that's what really matters at the end of the day. Can you produce results and can you help others elevate their game? If you can do those two things, I think you can, uh, you can live in any space. Yes. Oh man, that's excellent stuff, dude. And I kind of had that same mentality in regards to like the beard, right? Like I used to shave my beard all the time and like, I go to the corporate job and have to shave and they'd be like, well, you can't have any scruff or can't have a goatee. And I was like, well, you know, I used to grow my beard out for 30 days out of the year. And then I just shave it off. And when my daughter was like three, I shaved it off and she's like, dad, I missed the beard. And I was like, I ain't shaving this thing again. Right. So then I was just like, whatever, I'm going to every job just like this. And I've been growing it out, every, you know, and I trim it every once in a while, but you know, I just said, you know what, if they're not going to take me for my potential, for what I can do, for what I can bring to the table and they're basing it off of my looks, man, I'm, I, it's not the good, it's not the, not the right role for me, man. And um, yeah, dude, I think that's hilarious. It, 
good job. I, I think, I mean, I love your hair, dude. I think your hair is super rad, dude. It, you know, being <laughs> in the corporate side of things and, and do you ever run into people that kind of give you f- like crap about it or anything like that? Or do you ever lose deals because of your hair or anything like that? I mean, obviously they're not the right client for you if that's the case, but I'm just curious if that has ever caused any issues in your business. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll go a step further. Like I've got visible tattoos. Like I, yeah. I, if that's what is the problem, like if that's the reason that we shouldn't do business, I'm okay with that. I'd rather not because I think sure. you're super shallow, right? Yeah. Like, and for me, I'm not looking to snorkel. Like when I develop relationships, I want to go deep. It's scuba diving for me. Yeah. And so the folks who we engage with, we are able to make really meaningful impacts in each other's lives. And for those who want to stay shallow and be surfaced, I, I I encourage them to go do something else with somebody else Mm -hmm. because I just don't have capacity for those types of relationships. Yep. Have I lost a deal? I have no idea, man. I've spent zero time thinking about it. And, you know, have I lost partners? I I don't know. But again, if it's got to look a certain way to do something with a person, I I just don't know how successful they're actually going to be. I mean, think about it. We're doing real estate where the things that you purchase are always diamonds in the rough, at least the ones where you can potentially make the most money. If it's all polished and finished and pristine all the time, then there is no potential value add there. And so I I just live my life that way. I'm looking for the diamonds in the rough. I don't want everything all put together. I I don't expect people when they show up or even projects to be perfect, right? I'm not scared of that work. In fact, I enjoy the process of the transformation. Yeah. I wanted to transition to your podcast because I do two podcasts and people think I'm crazy, but I think like you're, you have two, but then I think you're also involved in a third one, right? I mean, Myers Methods, Dreamcatchers and Compression Podcasts. Is that right? You're still doing all three? Yeah. And there was another one out there that we were helping with for a while called Guards Down that's uh, hosted by my friend, Greg Washington. But okay. yeah, I, I love the content creation. And so Dreamcatchers is the podcast that talks about people who escaped the matrix. And we're just trying to tell those stories to give people social proof that, hey, whatever your matrix is, for a lot of people, it's corporate America. For others, it's just thinking, thinking. Uh, You can exit that. And here are people who have done it. And here are the tools, tips, and techniques, strategies that they use in order to get out. Uh, multifamily missteps are presented by Myers Methods is our real estate podcast. And we created that with the idea that you're not in competition when you're in real estate. You don't have enough money to buy all the deals. And if you are in competition, it's for a specific project for a very short amount of time. And so overall, if we can raise the collective genius of the operators, then the people who live in the properties are going to have a better experience and the operators are going to make more money potentially because we're all performing at a higher level. Compression is what my man, Logan Freeman, and he reached out uh, back in the fall of 2020. And he said, look, man, I want to condense the transactions that I've done over the past three years into one year. I want to do a hundred million dollars in commercial real estate transactions. And I need a guide to go along on the journey with me. And I was like, you know, I'm in. And so we're just taking this step-by-step and showing people the process of how this young fella, he's just turning 30 or getting ready to turn 31. um, is taking things to the next level and, configuring out how to condense the hundred millions of dollars of transactions that he's done over the past three years into one year. And that's we're compressing time. Yeah. 
Oh man. So good, dude. So good. I love, I'm so like fascinated with people's stories, man. And then over the last three years of podcasting, man, I've just met some amazing people like yourself. And anytime I come across someone who actually has a podcast, I mean, you understand, like it's a lot of work to put these things together, man. And for sure. And for you to do three, man, props to you, brother. (laughs) I love that you do this homage to the matrix by taking the red pill. What does it mean to take the red pill? Yeah, so on the surface, it's a homage to the matrix, but at a deeper level, it's our model for a centered life. And yeah. I always rock, run around wearing this shirt that says I took the red pill, because I believe that all the transformation happens within and then radiates out. And so yes. there's six levels to the model. The first level is self-image, followed by relationships, work, health, prosperity, and significance. And so, you know, I went up, let's go back down significance, right? Being able to give out of your abundance and share with people who are looking, seeking, desiring somebody to come in and make an impact in their life. My thought is that the only real success is significance coming down to the next level, which is prosperity, right? I believe that prosperity is available to everybody. You just have to be vibrating at the right frequency, having the appropriate level of activity to get the results that you desire, and that'll show up. And But we have prosperity before significance because we want to create that abundance and then share it with others. Down to the next level, which is health. Health becomes before prosperity because if you don't have your health, you give up all your prosperity in order to get it. And so we believe that the sequence actually matters. So get healthy and it's just mental and physical health there. And then underneath that, we've got the nucleus, which is self-image, relationship, and work. We believe those three things create all the stress in your life. If you don't feel good about yourself, you're going to start doing these self-destructive habits, which will negatively impact your health. Same thing with your relationships. If they're one way, you're always uh, giving to others and never getting anything back, you'll end up being depleted. And so then you got to find some way to either numb that or find a answer to the things that um, you're seeking, which is, you know, somebody to actually pour into you and then the work stuff. So if you fix your relationships, people are going to be attracted to you. They're going to want more from you. And that usually allows you to reframe your work life. And once you reframe your work life, uh, you are able to usually get more responsibility and that usually ties into more income. And so we want to help people get that more income, then use that income and health to create prosperity, and then that prosperity to become significant and so that they have that true success. Man, so good, dude. Getting chills on my neck, man. That was awesome, man. Love that stuff, dude. Like, like I mentioned, you're the author of a couple books, man. You've got, you know, Politics of Marriage, and then you've got Your Dream Should Be Real. What's the inspiration behind both these books, man? Yeah, so I sucked as a husband the first go around. And so I was doing everything that I could to try to figure out how to be a better husband. And I realized that I was going to like 15 or 20 different books to get answers. And so we take the main character, Mike, and run him through all of those books that basically I read and on his journey to becoming the president, which is a husband. But we start him out as like a local council member in a local government and walk him through the different levels, make him a representative in state legislature and then eventually in the United States Congress as a senator and in the House of Representatives. And he's got this advisor kind of guiding him along the way. It's super, super easy read. And what it's designed to do is say, hey, if 
I can do this, I being white, then anybody can do it. And it teaches you a ton of things that I don't think a lot of folks get. It's a big difference from being a boyfriend to being a husband. And we don't really have a rite of passage that helps people get there. And so we just stumble and bumble through it. Mm -hmm. uh, Dream Should Be Real is a, a book that talks about just kind of, it's pretty autobiographical, honestly. Okay. It just talks about me um, taking the wrong turn one morning and how I ended up in ICU because I was in a head-on collision with a dump truck and the lessons that I learned along the way. And then later on, I went through this kind of period of depression and what I learned in that dark and quiet time. And just to encourage people, hey, your dreams can and should be real. It's up to you to take these lessons and apply them against your life to make them so. Wow, man. Awesome, dude. Thank you for sharing that. And I, and definitely going to be putting links to those books because those books both sound amazing. Uh, actually celebrating 16 years with my wife this week, man. So really excited to, to um, hear that book and check out that book for sure, man. Um, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best place for folks to connect with you, check out your stuff, your podcast and things like that? For sure, man. I think the best way to place to go is JeromeMyers.co. Last name is M-Y-E-R-S. You go there, you can get access to everything. The books, live events, our real estate education, our real estate investment, all of that stuff is all there and you can get the quick rundown. Sweet, man. I always love to ask my guest one final question because I'm a music guy. What's a favorite type of music for you or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Oh, it's not a band. Jay-Z is my favorite artist. He's taught me so much over the years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And he's, I mean, I have not listened to a ton of his music, but the dude is super smart when it comes to like bread and businesses and financials, financials and stuff like that, man. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, to go from the projects to a billionaire, uh, it takes a little bit of ingenuity. Yeah, for sure, dude. <laughs> Jerome, this is such an honor to have you on my show, man. Thank you so much for taking time, dude. You're an absolute world changer, man. So appreciate it. Thank you so much. Eric, thank you for the opportunity, man. You know, I've been looking forward to this since I got the first message. What's going on? Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work. So if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos, or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos. So they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and hope you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just going to lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. Let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericallenmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.